Welcome to episode number two of On the Throne. I'm here with Riker Jordan. Hello, all. And Tanner Pitts. What's up, everyone? And I'm Vance Longarini. And we're here for the rest of the offseason. We're really excited about uh, about free agency and the contracts that have been signed and everything that's about to come up. So we have a good show for you coming. So I feel like we should just get right into it. Um, King's contracts to start off, I, I'd say the big one that I'm that's on my mind at least is Edler signed to $750,000 and he gets signing bonus or uh, performance bonuses. So Riker, what do you think about Edler coming back? Uh, I was kind of shocked, but kind of not shocked. I mean, I would rather see Muvarare be the seventh D-man, but Edler was good last season and it's a very cheap contract. It's not a big deal. So I don't hate it. All right. And Tanner? Same. I was shocked. Uh, I don't hate it. Definitely a veteran presence back there with the young decor we have uh, for a really good price. I don't see him playing 82 games. I see him slotting in probably about half the time, maybe maybe 41, 50 maybe, but I don't see him playing more than that this year. But I think it's a huge signing for how cheap it was. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like uh, Edler's going to be a good person to look at if you're a young guy on the on the defensive squad. I think it's a pretty good contract too you know, performance bonuses and all that, it, it makes a lot of sense. I'm happy to see I'm him back. Ho- <clears throat> Sorry, I'm kind of hoping that he could mentor Toby a little bit yeah. and help him find his game or confidence, you know, whatever he's lacking. I think that, you know, the Swedish connection, I think that would be kind of big. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Hopefully that's it. I mean, yeah. Toby needs something, right? Like, I mean, you think about the the young uh, young defensemen that the Kings have had in the past, and you look at guys like, uh, you know, Jake Muzzin and how he was he was mentored by guys like Matt Green and Rob Scuderi, and I, I really hope that's what Edler does for this team, especially transitioning into, into a team that's really chasing the cup now. I think it's a good deal. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have some veteran leadership on the team. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, with playoff experience. Yeah, I think that's a big one too, is having a guy that's going to do that. And I guess it was just a toss-up between Olimata and, and Edler, and then it ended up being who was cheapest because salary crunch. So, Yeah, I mean, Mata's like 27 or something. Like You knew he was going to get a bigger deal. Yeah, he um, got a good one with Chicago, so that, that works out. I mean, like I said, if Edler could play like he did last season before <laughs> injury or even after injury... I think it, it doesn't hurt to have him. And if he ends up being their third pair left D for like, you know, like that's fine. I mean, I thought he was one of the better defensemen on the King and Kings last season until he got hurt. So again, it, there could be much worse signings as a seventh defenseman. I mean, any guy that's his age too, that can bounce back from injury like he did. I'm pretty impressed. I thought that was the end of his career. So to see him play another year makes me happy. But I messed up. Did he go to Chicago or Detroit? Olimata? Olimata. Oh, no, he went to Detroit. That's right. Yeah. I don't I have it in like, front of me. I was in, my mind was in a blender for a second there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, am I wrong right now? <laughs> no, red sweater, man. It caught me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like every player in the league went in or out of Chicago this offseason. So. 100%. He had much, he's much happier probably in Detroit than Chicago at this point. I would be. All right. Well, on the flip side of the coin, 
Tanner, what are your thoughts on Lemieux coming back? Well, if you know me, I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> I love the physicality, and he's the only guy on the Kings I feel, minus maybe Carl, that brings physicality every night, night in and night out. Um, you need a guy like that. He's not the biggest, but he will definitely stand up for his teammates, and the Kings need that. They don't have size, so they need some physicality. So I was very, very happy they re-signed him. What about you, Riker? Uh, kind of mixed feelings about it. I like Lemieux. I thought he was a good fourth liner last season, and sure, he brings some physicality. I mean, I think the most the, the most underrated part of his game, or the my favorite part of his game, is that he's a pest and he just draws penalties by getting under people's skin. So, I mean, I don't mind that, having that back, but on the flip side, it kind of sucks because you have Gabe Velarde and Jad and Kupari, all these younger guys, and they're looking for spots, you know, like they deserve a spot in the lineup at some point to at least get a look. And it's like you're you're bringing back Lemieux to play on the fourth line. You're already bringing back Lazat, who is awesome. I'm nothing against Lazat, but it's just like where are these kids going to get their their time, you know? Right. Where are they going to get their sh- their shot to play? So I also don't think he's going to play every game either. He's going to be the same thing, probably like that. that. Yeah. Uh, 13th forward I, like he's gonna be in and out like when they play the ducks or they play big teams like like tampa bay uh, like he's gonna be in the lineup but other than I that he's not gonna be playing i wouldn't say so much that i think it's more gonna be like who's playing well at the time so maybe it's not the worst thing you know it makes the kids like oh we're not or like you know maybe jad's sitting there like oh i get to play every night you know not that he is but now with lemieux there it's like well fuck if i don't play good then <laughs> lemieux's gonna be in the lineup tomorrow yeah, I mean, that's so the thing that makes me wonder competition. is like if they didn't bring back Lemieux and you have a bunch of kids shoring up third and fourth line, what what is that going to happen? Like what's going to happen? Are you going to have the other teams, you know, pests and enforcers come in and just start roughing up the kids? You don't really see enforcers. Like how many enforcers can you really like think of in the NHL? Sure, there's some big tough dudes that might push us around, but I think that like, having somebody in the lineup that's going to fight is a little overblown in this day and age. Well, I mean, who was fighting on the Kings at the like halfway mark of the season and after who's starting to get scrappy? Dursey. It was Dursey, huh? It was yep. Dursey. <clears throat> yeah. Carl. I mean, I'd love to see that. Carl did too, yeah, but it was Dursey that I'm was gonna, thinking of. That's what I mean. There's always going to be somebody that's going to drop the gloves for their teammates or themselves, you know, like, it doesn't hurt having Lemieux. I'm just saying I don't think having an enforcer, in quotations, you know, is that important this day and age. Yeah. Yeah, I can get behind that, I think. I think that it's a perfect balance is that he's not strictly a fighter. You know, like Kyle Clifford was, was very much that guy. You know, last of a dying breed that, like, I'll go in and punch whoever I have to in the face. And I think Lemieux is enough to, like, really get in their head and he's that splinter in the side, you know? Yeah, he's more of a pest. He's not really a fighter. Like he throws hands. He's, he's a good like fighter, the, but he's like the wish version of Brad Marchand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could probably, you could say that. Brad Mar- yeah. I mean, he'll he'll take he, a bite out of the competition. You know, this is true. This is true. He will. Um, if only he could score like Brad Marchand, that'd be nice. But Lakers can't be choosers, right? Well, I mean, I mean, he did have a nice goal. There, there was that one playoff goal that was like you could tell it made his career. Super happy about that. All right, so uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it as much, but 
this one hurts me a little bit is we have to say goodbye to for uh Ferk. I was expecting it. Yeah. I you know, I mean like it's just a guy that wants a shot in the NHL and the Kings don't really have a place to give him a shot. Like he had his games, he scored some goals, but he's kind of a one trick pony. He's not the best skater. He's not great he's defensively. Great shot. That's, he's got that's his game. Yeah. He's a power play specialist. Yeah. Power play specialist. And, you know, like the Kings just don't – like, sure, they need power play goals, but they're not going to put him in the lineup over a kid just to, you know, play on the power play. So, yeah. I I expected it. I don't hate it. It is what it is. I hope he goes and plays for an actual NHL team instead of staying in the minors. I think that'll be huge for his career if he can. He might. He he signed with the Blues, I think, on a two-way deal. So, I mean, I don't know. He might be, like, the type of guy that goes to training camp with the Blues and they wave him and somebody else claims him, you know, Buffalo or somebody looking for a winger to help with the power play or something, you know, a a bottom-dweller team that gives him an actual shot in the NHL. I could see that. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, I mean – I like same thing. I'm I'm bummed he was gone. He was, but I mean it's it's also really good for the rain. They got young kids now that get to play with T.J. Tynan instead of Ferk, a kid T.J. Tynan. You get two kids with T.J. Tynan now, so that's, that's a good huge. Point. Yeah, that'll make a big difference for development. Yeah, because it was frustrating. I watched a lot of rain games last season, and I liked Ferk and Tynan. I want the rain to win, so it's fine when they're up there and they're scoring. But I mean, if you were to ask me, do I want? Turcotte on the top line or Ferk? Um, Turcotte all day. I want, yeah. I want Turcotte playing top line minutes. So, yeah, that's fair. It's a good point. <clears throat> Do you think? I mean, what I'm thinking, I think it's gonna be Turcotte, Heinen, and probably who? Jad or Jad would have to go through waivers. <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna do, man. Kupari, I think, can go down. Fagamo. Yeah. Um, that would be I a nasty top line too. I think Kapari can get sent back down for one more season or part of the season. And I can see it happening because the Kings aren't going to just throw away assets. What sucks, but that's a whole nother topic for another day. Yeah, true. Well, then let's uh, let's talk about dev camp then and see who might end up on the Kings squad for the opening uh, opening part of the season. Um, who, so, do you, who do you think look good in dev camp off the top of your head? So, first of all, I, I liked what the Kings did in dev camp, like bringing back Artie and Byfield guys, Spence, like guys that played in the NHL a lot last season, and they still have them come, come back to dev camp, you know, to be a veteran presence for the younger prospects. I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah. when it comes to players that had a good dev camp, everything I'm reading is Byfield stood out, best player, just clearly ahead of everybody else, which is – Good to hear. You like to hear it, but it's kind of to be expected. Right. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be weird if he kind of like just cruised through it thinking that he doesn't have to try. To see him actually put the effort in and, and stand out is a good sign. Yeah, they showed uh, – somebody posted a, a photo of him on the last scrimmage. I guess he was like the first player on the ice every period, you know, like he was ready to go itching to get on there. Like I love that. And it sounds like he's just improved 
his skating even and he's already fast for his size his skating his strength i guess he stood out on on board play drills and stuff like just stuff you love to hear um and one of the scrimmages he scored in the opening seconds where he just like beat i don't know who what defender it was but he beat the defender wide and then he he shot far side posting in like oh i, I saw that I, it seems like he's oozing confidence, and that's a good thing because he's, you know, one of the better prospects. He is the best prospect at that dev camp. So hopefully I'm, he could take that confidence and put it on to the Kings next season. Yeah, I mean, I saw that. Uh, I don't know if it was a scrimmage or they were just practicing drills, but um, he, someone was bringing the, the puck up around the boards or was about to, and he made that nasty, like, hop move to his left and, like, yeah, got completely. Fagamo. Yeah, okay, that was. And that's saying something like a, too, because Fagamo had an amazing dev camp. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it was a board battle drill, and uh, Pyfield just jumped around him and took the puck. That was so nice. Pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Um, I heard Fagamo got stronger and stuff in the off season, and he's looking to improve his board play and stuff. So excited about him too. Yeah, yeah, I hope that's uh, that's something that everyone has kind of worked on too. I mean everybody was kind of looking like more like minor league players rather than NHLers for, you know, so long. So it's good to see them doing well. Um, who's the other guy? Uh, Fran Francesco Pinelli. Yeah, he stood out. I heard he looked really good the first couple of days, but he didn't play in the final scrimmage. So I'm not quite sure what that's all about. It was the Friday game? Yeah, the, the actual, like, it was like a four-period scrimmage they did, running clock, referees and everything. I wonder if he was just maybe sore or yeah, he tweaked, tweaked a muscle or something. Yeah, yeah, they could be playing it cautious. I mean, no need to hurt such a young player right now. Tanner, you got anything to add to all this? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Byfield, he's the one that should be better than everyone. Um, everything I mean, obviously didn't get to watch or see much, but Jack Hughes impressed a lot of people. It sounded like a lot of people were writing about him, which is huge. Like the fact that he dropped so far and the Kings were able to get him and he was still impressive after like three days after getting drafted. It's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I heard I heard he looked as somebody put it. I, I want to say it was on L.A. Kings Insider that he looked very silky and you don't hear that a lot with Kings prospects. So that kind of is exciting. Especially Maybe we got a little. Someone that was like, what, three days? Team, you know? Yeah, that's true. But like three days out of the draft, man. Like he was in and out of the draft and on a plane to LA. All of them were. I think all the Kings prospects or draft picks besides uh, the Finland kid or the Finnish kid is uh, they all came over for dev camp. Oh, that's right. Because the, the, the one Finnish guy, he was uh, who had to go to the army. No, that was a different one. There was uh, the kid they drafted is... Uh, I can't think of his name. I'll have to look it up. Uh, it's like Ollie or Ollie or something. Um, he's a defenseman, and I want to say he got banged up at the end of the season or Otto, uh, something like yeah, Otto. Sorry, Ollie. Yeah, Otto. I mean, um, <laughs> I think enough. he got beat up. He got banged up or something, so he wasn't able to come over for Dev Camp. But all yeah, the other teams sense. draft picks showed up. Well, I heard good things about Angus Booth too. Oh, I didn't hear much about him. Yeah, I mean, what I what I heard was uh, was mostly like his draft signing and like what what the scouts thought of him. 
and I didn't hear this until well after he was drafted, but you know, they're saying that he looks a little slim in the frame, but you know, he's 18. So most of them are, yeah, most of them are, but they said that, uh, he has, he has great hockey IQ and a great sense. So he, he could be that left-hand defenseman down the road. Obviously he's not going to fit in the pipeline right now, but it's good to know that they're drafting LDs to, you know, to really fill in some spots yeah. later. Another kid that I'm, I'm looking into it now that I'm reading about that they were super high on was that kid from Harvard, uh, Laferriere, or however you say his name. Alex Laferriere. Laferriere, yeah, that kid seems like he tore it up. He was really surprising based on everything I'm reading right now. Um, um, like I said, it sucks being so far away and not being able to go like and watch. I was so just going to rely that. on like reading about it or the I know little limited videos there is. So it's our hard. But... Our, lis- our listeners don't know, but we are all about four and a half hours, well, four hours north of LA. So it's hard for us to go to dev camp. So we're, we get all our info from LA Kings insider or Jesse Cohen on all the Kings men or Russell Morgan and those guys. Um, I mean, I wish we can go to, I wish I could drive down and, and go we to all have kids, you know, man. it's hard to go I somewhere would, with kids. I would love to drive down on a Friday and go watch dev camp scrimmage, you know, and check out all the younger prospects. Yeah. It's definitely something that's on the bucket list. I think we should do it next year. I mean, I'd be down to go to rookie camp and go to the rookie tournament when it's in LA. Oh, that's a good idea. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That yeah. was, I went there one year. Would that happen? I went, when Kenzie and I got you, married, it was on our honeymoon. We went and watched uh, the year that was Gabe Velarde, Nick Suzuki, Tanner Glass. I watched all them playing the rookie game down there. Cody Glass. Yeah, I remember. I remember you you would talked about Cody Glass and how he was a stud. He, dude, he was tearing it up at the time. I mean, they were all 18, but obviously we see how his career turned out. So That's unfortunate. <laughs> Suzuki was for sure a stud, though. And actually, take that back, Velarde didn't play. I was when Velarde had back issues. I was bummed. He played the day before. I didn't go to that one. We were at Disneyland. But the day after, he was out because um, they were resting him or something because of his back. They didn't want to play him back-to-back days or something. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm really wondering about uh about what the future holds for for Brant Clark. You know, I I know that the pipeline's really squished in front of him. It's looking less and less likely that you know he'll be able to be on opening night unless he pushes someone out of the roster. But if he plays well, I'm sure that we can. Yeah, I mean, I'm I obviously besides Byfield, I think. 99% of Kings fans were excited to see Brant Clark there. Um, but like I said, I mean, I'm, yeah, he didn't do awful uh, from what I read. I read that he needs a little bit more time, maybe another year in juniors. Right. But then I can also see him like the Kings never had an 18 year old make opening night. Like I would love to see him on the Kings too and slot in like on the power play every other game, every couple games. Like we already know what he can do in juniors. Don't get me wrong. I would love, like, I think both of you know how much I've been talking about Brant Clark. I would love to see him in the Kings lineup. But if he's not ready, I there is no no reason to rush him. Right. I'm I just think, thinking, I like, think a guy like him could all, push it the next month, you know, through the month of August, well, just, like, work on everything he can, and then we'll see what happens. I hear about him, man, and I, I heard interviews with him. He sounds like all he cares about is hockey. Like, that's his entire life. He 
eats hockey, sleeps hockey. Like that's all he does. Embrace like, hockey. Yes, like I he just loves be, hockey. I think what's going to determine like his fate on the roster this year is going to be those juniors. If he makes the team, right? Uh, if he just goes out there and absolutely tears it up, I can see. Or like giving him well, like those eight games in the beginning of the year, or whatever it is. Yeah, that's. I th- I think he'll get all of rookie camp, and then he'll get a long look in training camp, and then he'll he might get a few games at the beginning of the season. And if he looks really good, then sure they might keep him, but. There's just no reason to rush him. He's a right-handed D-man. They already have Drew. They have Sean Walker. They have Matt Roy. They have um, Dursey. They have Spence. They have Grons. Like, if there's a position where the Kings don't need to rush a prospect, that's the position. Right. And I, I'm a believer. If, like, you know, I would rather you slow cook your prospects than rush them. And, you know, like I feel like rushing them has way more of a risk. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just so excited about everything. And I mean, I'm definitely not a patient fan by any means. Um, I probably the least on... patient. <laughs> yeah, you're very impatient, actually. <laughs> Some of your trades, I, I just, I, I can't with you. Hey, man. But um, another thing we didn't bring up last last pod was uh, Turcotte didn't get to come to dev camp because he couldn't pass a physical. Oh, that's right. That That's... That's very concerning. Yeah, it's concerning. I feel bad for him because he got two bad concussions at the, like near the end of last season or in the second oh, half of last nasty, season. Dirty hits. Yeah, well, I mean the AHL. There's uh, so many more dirty hits down there. It's actually ridiculous. But I, uh, it scares me for him. You know, I mean, obviously it sucks as a Kings fan because he's a top prospect. But you got to think about his his health first and brain brain injuries are just. Scary things. I remember Crosby almost retired at a pretty young age when he was going through his concussion issues. And Bowen Byram recently with the Avalanche, he almost had to retire because of his concussion issues. Like, concussions are no joke, and it's just worrisome. Like, how far – like, it's been a month after the season, if not two months, since he's played a game and he still can't pass a physical. I just hope that he was resting after concussions and, you know, going to doctors and making sure that, that he's in good shape and, you know – his brain is an injury or injured. Oh, he doesn't I'm, have I'm anything sure. like that. And I just hope he's I'm out sure. of shape from sitting, you know? I'm sure the Kings have all the specialists they need to, to be watching over him. Oh, hundred percent. Concussion, concussions just take time sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It does worry me that he didn't pass physical, but there could be a million reasons for it. He could have been hung over, you know? <laughs> no, I'm not worried. Like as in, I don't think he's working out or anything like that. I'm literally just worried that, you know, his head has taken too much of a blow already. He's like, he's so young still. Like, it's just scary. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Especially that draft. He's the only kid, like, in the top ten that hasn't. Uh, no, he did play, I, didn't he? Yeah, he, he played had, six he had games. games last season or six games eight. or something. Uh, six or eight, <laughs> I don't know. But. Um, right, I, I don't care about all that. Like I, I when I watch him, in, like when he's healthy and he's playing with the rain, like he just makes so many good plays. Sure, he didn't end up on the score sheet as much as you would like, but he just seems like the type of player that just makes the right plays to keep you know get possession, get zone entries, you know takeaways, like just little plays that don't show up on the score sheet, and he just constantly is doing them to help his team win games he's just a gamer yeah i do like that about him all right well dev camp look good 
lot of faces. What about free agency? Do we have any big, uh, big surprises that we should talk about first? Maybe uh, the one that everyone's been talking about, Columbus getting Mr. Johnny Hockey himself. What do you think about it, Tanner? Uh, I mean, definitely unexpected, but I mean, <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy that doesn't like all like the media in his face, kind of quiet, like going to Columbus. You're not going to get near as much heat if you have a bad game like you are in any Canadian team. Um, just unex- especially with how bad Columbus has been, like, it's just very surprising. But I mean, they do have a couple good young prospects that are coming up. I, like, I don't know, man, just super surprising to me. I did not see that coming. I wasn't too surprised. I mean, they offered it like all season you read, like they were offering him contracts, you know, and he kept declining. And then they offered him like almost 10 million and he declined it. And then at, like right before free agency, like the report was like, he got offered an eight year, like almost 11 million a year deal from Calgary. And he, he said no. So I figured he was good as gone. And everybody said he wanted to go closer to home. Um, Philly doesn't have the cap space, or maybe he would have gone there. I am surprised that Columbus is the team he wanted to go to because it's like they're kind of like in the middle. They're rebuilding or retooling, so to say. Like, I I mean, I I don't know. I I guess that part was surprising. But I I don't think I was surprised so much about the – yeah, I mean, I I don't think I was surprised by much of it at all. There was so much talk about like, you know, is uh, is Philly gonna get him? And it's like they'd have to trade so much away. And then uh, people were talking about the Devils getting him, and I just don't see that happening in a couple of years when they have to sign their big names. I I don't. I I wasn't expecting Columbus, but when the name came across, I was like, that makes sense. You know, they're a team that's ready to rebuild, and and that's a pretty good player to have on your roster. I mean, I think they're they've done a good job already, like retooling. I don't think they're gonna have to go through a rebuild. I I, I think with Goudreau for sure now, I think they're they're gonna be right there, or battling for a playoff spot. Um, but they only have like four million cap space right now, and Line A is still an RFA, so they're gonna ha- they're still gonna have to make some moves before the season. That will be interesting how that plays out. But him and Line A on the same line it should be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I think so pure sniper and a pure playmaker like sign me up for that yeah i mean i'm i I wonder what they're going to do about cap space but hopefully that doesn't mean i mean i was kind of on board with the idea of line a coming over i remember you said something about that to me when the season was still going on is how you know we were talking about forsberg and other free agents and you said line a and i was like did that fits yeah I mean, I, I did say that. I do like Line. He's young. He's a sniper. He's what the Kings needed. But, like, I think Fiala's maybe even a better fit than Line would have been. Yeah, I feel the same way. So I'm not disappointed <laughs> at all about that. I just think he's going to be that good player that, you know, a team like Chicago might make a move on. Or I don't think Columbus is going to trade Line. I think they're going to have to make a move somewhere else to clear up some cap space in the – because, I mean, I don't think they signed Johnny Hockey just to let Line A walk, you know? Like, I, I don't see the logic in that. So Yeah, that would be a bad flip. I assume they'll figure out how to get Line A under contract. And they have I, that young I stud, too. I think his name's like Cylinder. That kid's a fucking stud. 
yeah, he. I think he was. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I swear he was the only player picked in the first round or the top ten last season that played in the NHL. Oh, really? Like like for more than a few games. I yeah, could I, I I swear it was. I could be wrong. I could sound like an idiot. Right I want to say I think I read that pretty, too. I'm pretty sure he was like one of the only players to play a full season from that draft class already, if not the only one. They have another young guy too. I'm thinking of, but I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Oquist, the D-man. I don't know. It's a long week. Is it Kent Johnson? <laughs> oh, Kent Johnson. He played at the end of the season. He was a very high draft pick too. He's Michigan, right? Yeah, he was he was part of that Michigan team. Well, let's talk about Austin Strand just like saying I'm going to sign with the rivals. I mean, let him. I I think he's a guy that's got enough of a look in the NHL. He kind of knows that he's a tweener. And if you can get a deal with another California, Southern California based team, would you not want to just not uproot your life and just stay down there playing AHL NHL hockey? Yeah, I, mean, I don't blame him. I'd rather play for the all. fucking goals than the Barracuda, so Egypt. What about the like, Coachella Valley Firebirds? No thanks. Dude, I guarantee you, there's gonna be a lot of veteran players that want to go play there. Hundred percent, dude. In the in the AHL, you know those Matt Molson types that play in the <laughs> AHL most of their career, they're gonna fuck for the last few years. They're gonna go to Coachella. Yeah. PJ Tynan, he's gonna once he's done with the rain, he's gonna go there. Yeah. All right, so. uh We'll get in the rest of these contracts throughout, but um, what'd you guys think about Giroux going to the Sens? That was surprising to me. Not yeah. so much that he went there. I mean, that is kind of surprising. I figured since he's a little bit older, he would have went back to Florida or, you know, New York Rangers maybe, or a, a team that's right on the cusp that needs a veteran, you know, take a, a, a smaller deal and go try to win a cup. So that was kind of surprising, but I also found it surprising for the Sens. Like, I, I mean, they went out and got an older forward that, I mean, I guess maybe they did it for leadership. I don't, I don't know. I, it was just. I think the Sens won talent. free agency, man, to be honest. You think so? Yeah. They, I mean, they got a better goalie. They got Cam Talbot. They got Claude Giroux. They got Alex Dabrinkit. Like, I, I think, I think Ottawa, like surprisingly all, all those, like what, what Ottawa had to give up for Dabrinkit was just a joke. Right. I almost wish the Kings would have did the same thing. If they offered that to the Kings, that would have been cool. The Kings didn't have a top 10 pick. That's why that, that they didn't, there's just no way that was going to happen with the Kings. The yeah. Blackhawks wanted that top 10 pick and. I still think they could have got more for Debrinket. I, I think they got fleeced in that deal, but that is why they like. I don't know if the Kings wanted him more than Fialo, but yeah. I think that's why the Kings didn't make that deal. They didn't have a top ten pick to give up. Yeah, well, but all got, where else we going is like, like there's a very young team and getting Giroux, a guy that's yeah. your veteran, it like it's be, huge. Yeah, and you have it that middle aged guy, like not even like middle aged. He's still young, but he's older. Young guys, Debrinket. And then you have a, a guy who got fleeced out of Minnesota, who's the better goalie in Minnesota, Cam Talbot. I That's mean, true. I think they. they I mean, definitely the Sens, made the Sens it. had a, 
a good off season. Yeah, for sure. All right, well let's let's play the game, Tanner. Who lost the off season then, or who lost free agency? I should say. Ah, uh, it's a toss up for me. I mean, other than like them rebuilding and tanking, or Connor Bedard, Chicago g- gave away two guys, twenty four younger, new forwards, um, and I oh, mean, and then if my second choice for a loser is Calgary, especially if Kachuk doesn't resign there. That's who I was your two going best with. Forwards. You have your two best forwards that might you might get one but it's still not for sure but in the end i just told you my winner ottawa i think was the winner and of course the kings you know we got fiala oh that doesn't count as free agency though <laughs> i'll Come count on. it i'll count it um the Kings started it off be, my my loser team was going to be calgary you lose johnny hockey who was unbelievable last season plus matthew kachuk i, I Maybe he wants to stay, but all the reports, you know, off ball, during the season you heard he wanted out and he wanted to be closer to home or in the States. So, like, who knows? If they lose both of those guys, like... Imagine him going to play with his brother, too. I mean, that wouldn't be in the States, but yeah. I know, um, obviously. Trying to think of other losers. I mean, if you want to do, like, full off-season losers, I'm Chicago, obviously. Like, I don't... I still don't understand what's happening there oh um, well, i mean i don't know i was <clears throat> i was gonna say that uh i you know i agree with tanner i think that i think that the senators were definitely the winners of this offseason i'm pretty jealous that Debrinkit is on their team but uh you know if chicago is is skydiving right now they're in a skydiving spiral of like losing their assets and just kind of starting back over but you know, if they're skydiving, then Vegas fell out of the fucking plane, man. Like this is uncontrolled descent towards the ground, and I'm all for it. Um, yeah. If we want to do winners and losers, my my winner, I mean, it's not. I I it's gonna be more under the radar, but like the Red Wings, I thought had a really good free agency. They yeah. went out, they got Cop, who just had a great playoffs with the Rangers. They signed Kubalik. Who I mean has had some pretty good. He was Chicago, right? Yeah, he he was a Kings prospect at one point that didn't want to play for the Kings. Um, mm. They signed Mata. They signed Sharat. They signed David Perron. Like they just went out and signed all these guys, some veteran leadership for their younger core. Like I love David Perron. He's every time when he was on the Blues, every time the Kings played him, I feel like he was just a like it was knife in our side you know even when he was on vegas that one year too just yeah he's just i I love david prawn's game so i i thought detroit had a really good free agency yeah i mean mix that with guys like like bertuzzi and lucas raymond i mean those those are that's a pretty good team that's coming up right now yeah big mo man big mo man he's only 510 though i didn't know that i do lucas raymond it's only five oh, ten. Lucas oh, Lucas Raymond, yeah, yeah. I thought he was, was taller than that. Sider was like six three. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sutter's. Um. All right. Well. And one, I think I got another loser if they don't re-sign him. Oh, what you got? Dun dun dun. <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche. You think the Colorado Avalanche <laughs> lost? 
free agency pending one player. Yeah. Oh man, you're tripping. I don't think so, man. They, they, they re-signed Manson, Lekkanen, like Helm. They re-signed so many of the players that were on that team. Plus, they have young guys that are going to take Kadri's spot, and Kadri still might go back there. I think. I don't think they should re-sign him. He's 32. He just had his best season ever. I don't think he ever even got close to the point totals he put up. Like, who knows if he's going to be able to replicate that? And he probably wants like five, five years, four or five years. He's going to be 36, 37. Yeah, no thank you. I mean, if you won the cup and you having a bad free agency is because you didn't re-sign one player, that's a that's an odd, odd situation, I think. I'm an odd guy. I like it though. I'm not gonna I'm not hating on you no, for No. You were hating on me. It's okay though. <laughs> no, but like I could see it if they didn't like if they couldn't recapture McKinnon or Nichushkin or you know, someone like Who? that. <laughs> Cares. Nachushkin, that was a good signing. I mean, yeah. some people were saying like, "Oh man, he got he got paid way too much." I'm like, I don't know. Did you guys watch him I mean, play? That was like, his Jesus. first good year. <laughs> That's true, but he's a lot younger. I mean, Colorado's gonna be forever the best team in the league they as long as Curtis McDermott. in the NHL, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know what either one of you just said, but Vance's was better. I love I love Big <laughs> Mac. So go ahead, Vance. I said that Colorado is going to be the best team in the league as long as Curtis McDermott plays for them. Dude, 100%. did you guys see that that video of him with the cup? <laughs> he was so drunk. Dude. Did, Tanner, did you see that? I did see it, dude. You might have been worse than Ovi, dude. That is insane. Like, he was just standing there holding it over his head, just straight up fell backwards. I, I lost my shit. That cup was like broken before they even oh. left the ice with it, dude. <laughs> That thing's seen some better days, let me tell you. a picture, bro. You could just see the whole thing bend on the bottom. Well, and that's what. Oh, yeah. How much does a cup weigh? Is it? 50-something pounds, right? So that's almost 300 pounds coming down on its back. You know, between him at 230-something and the cup and, you know, an extra 50 or so. Dude, that's, that's a lot of weight coming down in that bar. I would have panicked. It's a big man. <laughs> 37 <laughs> pounds. I was wrong. 37 pounds. That's a big man. Yeah, I just Googled it. Wow. I'm ha- I'm happy for Curtis. Good Me for too. him. Me too. Darcy. Also, I'm also happy he wasn't playing defense for the LA Kings. Hey, man, to Damn. see him switch up and actually stay on a team that went to the Cup and then won it, I'm proud of that kid. Yeah, I'm proud of him. I'm just – I hated him playing defense. Like, if they, he wanted, they wanted to put him on the fourth line to beat people up and hit some people, sure, but – he was so bad defensively, man. I, I swear everything was. I'll take him just to fight, bro. Right. Him and McNabb. He, he, he's probably the best fighter in the NHL. I know everybody's going to say Ryan Reeves, Ryan Reeves. No, I'm pretty sure it's Curtis McDermott. I still have a video of him punching someone off, in the bro. face. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them, but more than anybody Where else, I'm, I'm happy for Jack Johnson. I, I love that man. I feel so bad for that guy. Finally, someone his way. Yeah, what a crazy story that is. Um. All right, so we do have some more to get to. Um. Okay, so Soupy got signed to the Oilers, five years, five million. <clears throat> Any thoughts on that, Riker? I thought it was a good signing for the Oilers. 
I don't quite know what's happening with Mike Smith. Supposedly he's on LTIR. He's not. I don't remember him getting hurt. I don't know. I heard he's done. Oh, he's he's going to retire? That's what I heard. I was listening to 32 Thoughts today, and, and they said that he's pretty much done. Can I backtrack for a sec? Go ahead. Only because I find this hilarious. We were just talking about Colorado goalies, or Colorado Avalanche goalies, right? Guess who the top three goalies are on Colorado, games played-wise for Colorado. Oh, Two are easy. Yes, that's number one, the 478. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. You're making this like a weird question. <laughs> Varlamov is number two. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's obvious. Fuck, I should have thought of that. I don't know why I didn't think that either. <laughs> hey, you guys will never know. Peter Budai, number three. What? Yeah, huh. with 242 games played. No way. I remember him on Colorado. I didn't and think then, he was there that long. I don't even know how to say that guy's name. Then Grubauer is fourth. Craig Anderson, and it just goes down from there. That's who I was thinking. I was thinking of Grubauer, but I knew he wasn't there that long either. Yeah, that was a tough is, one. So are they going with Fran, Francouz as their guy this year, or what? Did they sign somebody else? Well, they had um, Yorgiev. Yeah, they just traded Oh, for they Yorgiev. got Gorgiev? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's going to be their guy. If he wasn't um, behind the best goalie in the world, he would have been the starter there. But back to Jack Campbell, if Mike Smith is gone... I think that's a good signing for the Oilers. I mean, I'm not like it sucks. I like Jack Campbell. I don't want to root against him, but you know, fuck him now. He's an Oiler, so whatever. <laughs> but he also was very, very bad in the for the Leafs at at times. Like he was, he was pretty solid a lot of his time with the the Leafs, but there were some stretches where he was really bad. So now you're gonna put him behind a team that's not even as good as them. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I think it, so. It was kind of like up in the air. If the, it wasn't like an official, Mike Smith has announced his retirement or anything like that. But you can see it, and judging by the way that he wasn't super up on the idea of coming back or saying that he's coming back, I mean, the man's forty-two or forty years old. You know, he probably doesn't want to really play anymore. And, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Oilers management's hoping he's not coming back. I mean, he, the cap space. he did everything he could. I mean, in that position, you know, it would be like quick at 40 years old if he was still playing for the Kings, you know? I thought Mike Smith, besides a couple blunders, was very good against the Kings. I thought he was too. I thought yeah. he did great. You know, it was fun watching him and do something crazy and getting to laugh at him, but I can't imagine how many times Dude, I've I seen think... quick do the same thing. What do you think? Fuck the Oilers. I say so too. I've had enough Again, of that talk. Right. Uh, <laughs> what, what else? Connor McDavid's cool. They all can. The rest can blow me. All right. Conor speaking McDavid of another, on his girlfriend. I saw that saw video. <laughs> that guy's um, obviously got no no ethics. Uh, former LA Kings franchise goalie Darcy Kemper goes to the Caps, five by five point three five. So, not too bad for him. My. My personal opinion is Kemper was decent last season, but I don't see the caps. I, I think they're still going downhill now. I, I think their window's closing or closed. He also had a Kel McCarr. And he had a Kel McCarr and a Devin Tays and I mean the cap, <laughs> that was the caps. That was a bad speech. Who who was Eric Johnson? Like, 
I think the Caps have had a like the oldest team like the last two or three seasons. So like it's only a matter of time before they fall off a cliff, in my opinion. I mean, I hope that Ovi keeps going to try and break Gretzky's records, but at oh, this I would love, I would at love this to rate. see him break the records for sure. I think that would be awesome to watch him break that record, especially with how good the goalies are nowadays. Yeah. I mean, they still have Lindgren to to come as backup, so I'm sure Darcy Kemper is going to perform in Washington. Oh yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I just I like overall, I think the Caps are on the downhill trend. Yeah, they're gonna have to make some changes. I'm still jealous of them for getting Kuznetsov. So, fuck them. <laughs> so and Mishkov from the draft. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was we talked about that last on the podcast, and man, to see the yeah. Capitals get him, I kind of yeah. wish the Kings the had Russian, that choice. But a good, talented Russian, you know, he's going to the Capitals or Tampa Bay. It's one of the two. Um. Okay, so Ducks sign Ryan Strom, five by five. Well, sure, whatever. I mean, it's it is news, I guess, but. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. The Ducks are still yeah, handing out. I mean, it'll you be, know, they're burning he, it down uh, right now. I've seen a lot of clips of him whiffing wide open nets. So, sure, <laughs> take that to Anaheim. I'm totally fine with that. I don't know. I thought Anaheim would do more. They have a ton of cap space, but maybe they just they want to tank for uh, Connor Bedard. I just don't think they're going to be bad enough to tank for Connor Bedard. So. I think they're going to get like the 10th overall pick and be pissed. So that's fine. I don't know. We'll see. I don't even want to get into the Ducks, but they're going to be scary in a few years. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm just like, I wonder where Strom is going to play in their lineup. Probably second line behind uh, Zegris. Yeah. Unless they move Zegris to the wing. Because they got McTavish, too. McTavish is... It'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's a whatever signing. I don't know. I don't think it's really that big of a deal. Yeah, I think he's gonna be two C. I think, I think Zegers is gonna move up to one C. He's gonna take over two C from Getzlav, and then they'll go from there. Well, what do you guys think Kadri's gonna go? Since we did, we did kind of touch on it with the Avalanche, but if you were to see a team take Kadri, where who would it be? Everything I hear is that there's like four teams in on him, but they're all trying to clear cap space. Well, so I can I think... see. Oh, sorry, my bad. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I could see him going to a team that, uh, like, I could see him going. I, I, just, I just don't know their cap situation is my thing. But I can see him going to, like, I don't, New York. They haven't signed anyone big this offseason. Or uh, Carolina, like another, a young team that, that's going to push for the playoffs to have him on their lineup. That brings scoring and physicality. Like, I don't think he's going to go for, like, a bottom-feeding team, that's for sure. Right. I mean, hold on. You know what four teams you said were all in on him or like interested in him? Um, what I was going to say, Islanders, I think, were one of the teams, Colorado, and then I don't remember the other two, but I think the Islanders would be an interesting fit considering they were like pretty good team for a few years. Then last season, when they had like 30 road games to start the season, they didn't make the playoffs, but I could see maybe they, they get cap space, sign him, and you know, they're back in contention again. I don't know. But you don't think he's going to want the same amount that he's making now or last season, right? 
He's probably oh, going to take gonna want that. He that just had his best contract. He, he just had his best season ever, point wise. I, I mean, and he won a cup. I don't see how he would want less. Uh, just he's thirty-one. If no one's jumping on him by the time that free agency starts to close up and teams aren't interested anymore, uh, he might take less. He, but either he said way, he wants to go to a contender. So I think he's just. He's waiting, and you know there's contending teams that are trying to clear cap space for him. But I, I think at the same time, maybe right now at this moment, he's asking for too many years, and that's why it hasn't happened. Probably. But we'll see. I could see him going to Seattle. I think that would be a good fit for him. He he said he wants to go to a contender. I don't think Seattle's close to contending yet. I don't think Plus Seattle's close eight. to contending either. But they did just get you know. I know, but it doesn't either. It doesn't add up fit wise either because you have Beniers, who's going to be one C, or Shane Wright. If Shane Wright stays in the NHL this season, they're going to want both those guys playing, you know, top six minutes. So I don't see the fit in Seattle. I think it's going to be somewhere on the East or back in Colorado. Anyways, uh, I had a quick question. After like the off season so far. Do you guys think that most of the Pacific teams took a step back? I do. Yeah. I think the Pacific got a lot weaker. Not a lot, but I think, you know, Vegas lost Passaretti. Um, Obviously, we talked about the Flames, you know, and who knows what's going to happen with them. Edmonton, I think, got maybe a little better. I mean, Jack Campbell's better than Mike Smith. Duncan Keith was old as hell. Plus, they're getting uh, one of their young defensemen that missed last season back. They re-signed Kane. So, I, I think Edmonton's okay. Vancouver is kind of like a wild card to me. But I think the Flames and the Knights both got worse. And I think the Kings got better. So, I, I mean, can honestly see the Kings competing for uh, the Pacific Division title. I mean, I could too. I think it's going to be... I think we're going to have a repeat of uh, of the playoffs throughout the season with the Oilers. I think we're just going to have like you know that big, heavy, physical battle and you know basically a skills competition. I I can't wait. I mean, the Oilers yeah. are the new rivals to the Kings for, for right now because everybody else is below this team, which is crazy to think. I just like everything I read was like everybody just wanted to give Vegas the Pacific, and I mean, I just I don't see it. I think I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to be there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't think they're going to just disappear. If they can stay healthy and they and find a starting goalie. Leonard's still there. I could see Leonard having a bounce back. I, I'm not writing Leonard off yet, but they, they have a hard time staying healthy and they are getting older. They're not a very young team. So, but I mean, they literally gave away patches. I don't, I don't, that's just. And flurry. I'm just talking about this off season, though. Like they well, just—I mean, one I think, of their best goal scorers. See you later. You know song, them hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> That's true. About Vegas. I mean, all of the all of the energy and the identity of that team went out the door as soon as Fleury did. And the fact that they've been treating players of all of all types, including Leonard, I, like they're just disposable. It's, it's going to catch up with them, and it's already starting to. I think it's been building for a while now like they just show no loyalty to any of their players which i mean whatever it's three coaches in five years 
it's a business, but yeah, between coaches and players, they just they do not give a shit. I mean, and obviously, I, the I it comes down to management at that point. Your general manager needs to go. For a while there, you heard all these players like, "Oh man, Vegas is top notch franchise. They're doing everything the right way." And I'm just wondering what the perception is going to be around the league now. I mean, I think they're trying to pull a Tampa Bay Lightning with the salary cap circumvention and putting, you know, players on LTIR. And obviously there's a massive amount of luck in that, but yeah, I mean, they tried it last year and it didn't work. So, right. And I don't think it's going to work this year and they're, they're cap crunch right now. I mean, Jack I Eichel signed a 10 is, million and that's not even that bad. Unless Vegas pulls a rabbit out of the hat, like they're going to be screwed in a few years, man. They're so old. Their pipeline for prospects is dry. Yeah. Is that like a pun because they're from Vegas or what? <laughs> um, also, going back to the goalie thing, Tanner, didn't Logan Thomas, I'm pretty sure that's who it was, like he played at the end of the season in the playoffs and he was a beast in the AHL. And he Thompson, was good. Logan Thompson. Yeah, Thompson, thank you. Yeah, he was really good for Henderson. <laughs> really, really good. And he had some good games with Vegas too. So, I mean, I, I could see him taking that spot also, but I just – Vegas just doesn't have anything. I think they're they got to do it over the next one or two years, or else I think it's only downhill for them. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's a Mark Stone contract at nine and a half million. That's that's really screwing them. Uh, Petrangelo at eight point eight at thirty two years old with like five or six years left on that deal. Oh, does he have that much longer on it? I don't even notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, there's two. If you could offload one of those two during. Uh, you know, the draft and free agency, that would have been something they should have done, but instead they didn't do anything really except offload players they shouldn't have. I'm assuming uh, they're not, I mean, they're not going to trade Mark Stone. Like, obviously that's, there's just no way. And then Petrangelo, I'm pretty sure, like, again, they're not trading him. He's their cornerstone defenseman. They just right. signed him, you know, last off season or whatever. And I'm pretty sure he has like a. I think both those guys have full no movement clauses. So, yeah, I think even so. if they wanted to, it'd be very hard to get rid of them. But I could see Kings Vegas Oilers battling for the Pacific next season. Yeah, it all depends on what the hockey gods want to give to each one. You know, it'll be a very different story if the Kings get six injured defensemen again. Yeah, I talk about that. <laughs> but in, in my opinion, I'm, I mean, I am biased, but I, I, I think the Kings out of the Pacific teams have are definitely the most improved team in the offseason. Yeah, I think Fiala, so too. You got Drew Doughty coming back, hopefully completely healthy. You got Sean Walker coming back healthy. Plus, you have to expect, you know, Byfield, Kaliev, Dursey, all these young guys to take another step. And hopefully, Peterson, you know, takes the next step. And if that happens, or if the majority of those things happen, I the Kings are going to be massively improved, you would assume. Right. I mean, just Drew Doughty alone <laughs> coming back, you know, like that, that's such a huge loss for them on the PK, on the power play, 5v5, just all energy-wise, leadership, everything. Like that, that was – the fact that they went on the run they did without him is pretty awesome. And the fact that they went to seven games with the Oilers without him or – Arvidsson. That was impressive. Walker. Yeah, exactly. Arvidsson yeah. back. And he might miss some time. I, I Hopefully he's back healthy early in the season or before the season. 
But then you add also Fiala, 85-point scorer. Like, uh, the Kings massively improved. Right. I, I agree. hope he can just, like, find a pattern and stay hot. Like, he was so hot those first 10 games last year, and then nothing. I, mean, I, not I nothing, would be I'd be fine if Kopi just did what he did last season, but then Byfield takes a step. Because if Byfield comes in and he's much improved, like the Kings are going to be very hard to deal with down the middle of the ice. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially because Byfield gets uh, re-signed at the same time that Kopi comes off of his contract. So it would be a I mean, he was swap. just... He just went in somebody... Like, there was, like, what, three different times where he went, like, ten games without a point last year. I know. We talked about that last pod. But Kopi's not just... always known for being the high-scoring, high-flying centerman. He's always been the defensive player. And I think now with, with Deneau showing that he can take that load off for a full season and be a good scoring second line center, Kopi's going to take more risks. I feel and like at least. Also, you got to understand that Kempe as good of a like player as he was last season. And he's a goal scorer. He is not much of a playmaker. Sure. He'll make a flashy pass here or there, but when it comes to like setting up Kopi, it's not like he was doing that a lot. And Kopi just wasn't scoring like that, that offense on that line. If Kopi wasn't playing well, that nothing was happening. Yeah, I feel like Kopi you know, scored he, most of his goals when Kempe wasn't on his line. Now you're adding in a guy that can drive play by himself and has, you know, had 50 assists last season, yeah. and you're putting him with Kopi. Like, Kopi should get more open ice and more room to work, and he's going to have two good wingers to play with. I, I could, I don't think – I think Kopi's going to produce more offense this season. I'm not worried. I'm not too worried about that. I mean, that's Even what happened with Deneau. It can be argued yeah, very yeah. easily. Ever since Trevor Moore and Arvidsson were on his wings, he nah, went from Deneau like... No did it with everybody last season. He did, but he really flourished the most when he had two players that can score goals, made him score goals. I think the I think same thing recent. can happen to Kopi. I think that's recency bias, because I think if you go back and look, and I think I have follow at the beginning of the season with No was tearing it up. Coincidence? No, he was on Deneau's line. I think right. Deneau literally carried whoever played with him they were better with the no at center so i i don't i don't know it definitely helps you let's know, uh, can stuff, we talk but... about one last thing yeah i'm ready talk about uh, one thing and wrap it up the cap crunch when's mikey or jersey gonna get signed i think the cap crunch is getting overblown they, it says they have 2.6 million in cap right now or 2.3 2.3. Yeah, so they have Velarde, um, Dursey, and Anderson. Well, their roster is already full right now, so you got to take, like, Kupari gets sent down, right? That's almost a million in cap space. Muvarare gets sent down. That's like a million in cap space. So they really have four million to sign three players, and Velarde I don't see getting more than a million dollars or right around, so then they have 3 million and they're both RFAs with non-arbitration. So like they're not going to get any special deals. I think it's going to be one year, one point something for each one. And then next year will be the off season where they both get longer deals. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like, especially for players like Velarde, give them a year to, to prove it. Yeah. Same with Dursey. <laughs> I mean, Dursey was great last season, but I still think it's like, okay, well you did it last season. Let's see it another season. And then, you know, when we have more cap space next offseason, if you prove it to us, then we're going to give you a, a longer deal. 
Yeah, I just there don't. I don't want to lose out on those those post game goalie hugs, man. Those things make me so happy. Yeah, that's a good point. That's but worth RFAs six million. Just, they just, just don't have RFAs with non arbitration. They just don't have a lot of. They can't really do much, you know. And plus, at that point, too, quick is going to come off the books from his five point eights. Yep, and then in a couple seasons. Kobe's coming off the books out at ten million or whatever. Yep, and then Drew Plus, was signed uh, until twenty sixty five at eleven million a year. So, I think Nuf's uh, <laughs> contract, his buyout comes off after the season, also. So yeah, it yep. does. Yeah, one point zero six, and the Kings pay Mike Richards two hundred thousand dollars less per year. <laughs> yes, big, big. Well, he's getting paid almost a million. How many more years does he have? Forever. <laughs> like six or seven. It's yeah, crazy it's how insane. long it is. It doesn't even, it goes past Cat Friendly's website. So. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up? Um, I feel like we should bring up the fact that there's not much that's going to happen between, I guess, in a week from now or two, all the way through August. It's pretty much... Uh, low event so i don't know how long the break is that we're going to take but we're obviously going to have to take one or we're just going to be talking about you know well i think um if obviously if something big happens trade or somehow a free agent signing or maybe even when mikey anderson and sean dersey sign we could hop on and do a short pod and react to it and uh maybe we can come up with something else for a, a filler episode but uh yeah, we could do something. We'll see. Don't forget to share this. You're listening. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to say something before we sign off. Um, happy birthday Anything? to uh, future LA King Connor Bedard. It's his 17th birthday. So happy birthday if today. Connor, if Connor Bedard is an LA King, next season is going to suck. <laughs> or. Oh, God. Or, I'll take one. I'll take a shit season to get him. It's cool. I don't. I, I want to watch some playoff games. I'm I'm back. I got the playoff itch again after that series against Edmonton. Oh, 100 percent. But if we trade, if we trade someone that you know just barely didn't squeak man, out of the man. playoffs, and then somehow man. gets first overall pick, man. and it's not conditional, we got Connor Bedard. We're good. I don't. I don't think you understand how hard it is to how hard it's going to be for teams to get a first round pick in next year's draft that's <laughs> like no conditions it's gonna be you're gonna it's gonna be damn near impossible it's impossible like even at like the trade deadline i guarantee you every one of the first round picks is gonna be like top five protected top 10 protected whatever i guarantee you this draft is so deep from everything i'm reading and then you have two like generational talents maybe up there at first and second, I just there, there's no way. I mean, he could pull a Shane Wright and uh, and tank his interviews. All right. Well, on on that note, um, feel free to follow us at On the Throne Pod at Twitter at On the Throne Pod. And uh, everybody want to say their their Twitter handle? Go for it, Riker first. Uh, Riker twenty two. Um, and and go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Age before beauty. Age before no, beauty. I, I just had to say that, like, when we did introductions, 
Mr. Water Bottle forgot to mention that he was the water bottle. Oh, yeah, I'm the water bottle. Uh, so He's not just a water bottle. I'm Dustin Brown's he, water bottle. He's fucking yeah. Dustin Brown's water bottle. Not my captain's <laughs> water bottle, but the water bottle. Oh, my God. I know, I know King's Realm got into it with you a little bit, but um, how's free agency going? It's pretty bad. No one wants this contract. Yeah. It's also worse because uh, the NHL is no longer sponsored by Gatorade. But I'm still a Gatorade bottle. So Damn. Sucks to suck. Who took over for about, you? Was it but, was it body armor or powerade? No, bro, it was truly. Oh, yeah. The thing that really matters, my Twitter handle is at Tanner underscore GKG. Okay, on that note. Which stands for Go Nights Go. Right? Signing off. <laughs> Bye.